You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Jesus went to a place called Gadara. It was a graveyard haunted by a couple of demonized men that made Freddy Krueger look like Mr. Rogers. Jesus went there. Jesus went to dirty places, desolate places, stormy places, evil places, scary places, just to reach out to the sick and lost. Isn't that awesome, guys? The mission of Jesus was clear while he was here on this earth. His purpose was to bring hope to the hopeless, to find the sick and to heal them. And there was nothing that could ever stand in his way. Like Pastor Dion said, he went to the dirty places, the scary places. He went everywhere that he needed to go in order to bring life and light to the people who needed it most. Maybe it's time to follow his example. There are dark, dirty, desolate places where people desperately need Jesus. It's time to be his feet. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 9 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the book of Acts. Everybody said the book of what? The book of Acts. The book of Acts begins, takes up the story from right after it left off. Jesus ascended to his father. He sent down the Holy Spirit. And the church began a movement that Jesus is building. It's his movement. It's his design. This is not any one person's or organization's idea. Can you say amen? This is God's, Jesus' idea, building and putting His family together in units so they can grow and develop and mature as strong reflections of Him. So the book of Acts is about the building of the church. And so it starts with the church beginning to explode. The the apostles carrying the message of Christ sharing in Jerusalem, and the message just, I mean, like a wildfire spreading, people responding to the message of Jesus Christ and their lives being changed. But in the middle of that, persecution arose. A villain showed up that wanted to completely stomp out the church and what Jesus was doing. And that's where we are in the story in Acts chapter 9. So are you ready? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to say thank you for meeting us here, for loving us the way that you do, caring about us, and helping us to grow so that we can better reflect you, so that we can better share you and shine as Christians. I pray, Father, that as we look at those who started before us, we'll look at the things that they did, the things that they didn't do, And we'll take note, and Lord, we will uh, adopt those principles that will help us be better about sharing you. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, listen, guys, before the church actually started, during Jesus' earthly ministry, the leaders, religious leaders, constantly complained and harassed Jesus about the people he was reaching out to. 
In fact, here is one of the verses, Mark chapter 2, that talks about it. And it says this, And when the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders, saw Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners, everybody go, They said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Well, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Isn't that awesome? Another time, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. Read this one with me. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Isn't that awesome, guys? So Jesus knew His mission. And there was no place that He wouldn't go. When Jesus was here in His earthly ministry, there was no place He wouldn't go. He knew His mission to save the lost. So Jesus went to places like Samaria, a land that was cursed with, for disobedience and rebellion. Jesus went to the Decapolis. That was the ten Roman cities that belonged and were occupied by Rome right there around Israel. I mean, they were a bunch of pork eating heathens. You know what I'm saying? These Romans indulging in wine, women, and wrong. Yeah, but Jesus went there. Jesus also went to Caesarea Philippi, a place of immoral idol worship. I mean, a mountain that was reserved for worshiping a god, a Greek god by the name of Pan, the god of the wild. Jesus went there. Can you hear the music in the background? Born to be wild. That's what everybody was doing there. Jesus went there. Jesus went to Jericho, a city of rich snobs and corporate thieves. That's where Jesus met the mafia boss, Zacchaeus, that lived there. Jesus went to a place called Gadara. It was a graveyard haunted by a couple of demonized men that made Freddy Krueger look like Mr. Rogers. Jesus went there. Jesus went to dirty places, desolate places, stormy places, evil places, scary places, just to reach out to the sick and lost. Isn't that awesome, guys? So there's no place that Jesus wouldn't go. And during His earthly ministry, there was no person Jesus wouldn't touch. Jesus touched Samaritans, like the woman at the well who had been married five times and was shacking up with another guy. He went to, he touched Samaritans. He touched adulterers, like the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. He touched foreigners. Like the lady who was, had a, the Lebanese woman with her daughter that was demonized. He touched them. He touched the Roman centurions. He, you know, he touched tax collectors. Jesus touched lepers and thieves. Jesus touched broken people, demonized people, diseased people, hurting people, immoral people, hopeless people. Jesus touched them no matter what. Can you say amen? It's awesome. Now you would think that Jesus would draw the line at touching 
especially someone who was attacking his movement and murdering his followers. You think Jesus might draw the line and say, hey, that person I'm not going to touch. But no one is too evil or too far gone that Jesus won't touch. Not even this guy. Everybody say his name. Everybody, who is it? Saul. Saul of Tarsus. Saul was a rising religious leader from Jerusalem who had a bitter hatred towards Jesus and his followers. Saul considered Christianity a heresy that needed to be stomped out. A false teaching, a false doctrine, a cult. That's what he considered Christianity. I mean, it needed to be stomped out. Saul even conspired to have Stephen stoned for believing and preaching Jesus. And after he had Stephen stoned, that's when Saul got a taste for blood. And like a Hitler, he initiated a Christian genocide. He decided that he was going to rid all of Jerusalem of Christian people. Saul made it his mission to arrest, imprison, and murder any and all Jesus followers in Jerusalem. Here's the the verse, Acts chapter 8 and verse 3. Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Here's how he'd do it. Saul would pose as a believer. Or he would set up RICO raids, undercover stings. Christians were arrested and convicted with extreme prejudice. Christians started to flee from Jerusalem. You can imagine the panic. Here, at one point, they have surrendered their life to Christ and found this new Christianity, this new life. They have found peace. They have found hope. And now somebody's killing them for embracing this message, for embracing a resurrected Savior. So they were fleeing Jerusalem, leaving their homes, their families, their careers, just so they could hold on to Christ. They were leaving it all just so they could hold on to their faith. This is what those Christians believed. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 tells it. Read it with me. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Isn't that awesome? That's what they believe. Nothing is worth holding on to and losing my faith. They held on to their faith and let everything else go. Nothing. Everything else is worthless when compared with the if infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Give them an applause, man. That is huge. They're fleeing, leaving everything to hold on to faith. But the enemy never gives up. The enemy never lets believers walk away in peace. The enemy is relentless. The enemy is obsessed with silencing our voice and squashing our faith. Jesus said, the enemy's agenda is this. Everybody say it out loud to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he cares about. That's his agenda. Bloodthirsty. Well, the Christians started fleeing. 
Maybe in hopes of finding peace and, you know, practicing their love of Christ and their faith somewhere else where there's no persecution. But the enemy wasn't about to let them do that. Saul, this violent church Christian hater, asked Israel's Supreme Court for permission to hunt Christians down wherever they were hiding. Let's read the passage. The story, chapter 9, verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So this Saul, a violent hater of Christ and the church, asked for letters to pursue the followers or the people of the way. Say that out loud. What? The people of the way. See, before followers of Jesus were called Christians, they were called people of the way. Say it again. What? People of the way. See, at the Last Supper... Jesus shared these words with His disciples. He sat down and told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Read it again with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. So the followers of Jesus, the apostles, started to call themselves people of the way. Everybody said again, what? People of the way. But Paul was shouting, Orale way! Saul must have heard that some people of the way were headed across the border to Damascus in Syria. It's a 160 mile journey. They're trying to get out of Israel and find peace and a place to practice their Christian faith. Saul heard they were on the way, so Saul secured federal warrants to hunt and extradite these people of the way to face judgment, which is death, stoning in Israel, in Jerusalem. And so like Dog the Bounty Hunter with his team of fugitive recovery specialists, Saul saddled up for Damascus. It was on the road to Damascus that the hunter became the hunted. Let's read the story. As Saul journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, Hearing a voice, but seeing no one. The hunter became the hunted. 
You see, Jesus takes the attacks on his movement and family very personal. Those people that Saul was attacking are his brothers and sisters. His brothers and sisters are being hunted and killed. And Jesus took that very personally. So he is all over Saul like white on rice. But Jesus... I should say, this Jesus is not the meek and mild man that they crucified. No, no, no. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords wrapped in radiant glory. Isn't that awesome? The enemy might be strong, but the Lord is stronger. Everybody said, how loud is what? It's stronger. In fact, listen to this Old Testament passage in Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident, for He will conceal me then when trouble comes. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Isn't that awesome? The enemy might be strong, but the Lord is stronger, and He knows how to defend His people. And then there's Psalm 138, verse 7. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will bring me safely through them. You will clench your fist against my angry enemies. Your power will save me. I like it. I like it a lot. (laughs) So Saul the hunter had become the hunted. The Lord has defending his movement and his people, his family. I am sure that Saul, when he saw the light, when, 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 the, when the appearance happened and the voice boomed, Saul had a pretty good idea who was wrapped in that radiant light. But he figured that he would make sure. Who, 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 who are you, Lord? And, and I'm sure Saul was probably saying under his breath, don't say Jesus, don't say Jesus. Don't say Jesus. But the answer thundered. I'm Jesus way, right? Everybody say, ay caramba. (laughs) But listen, guys. Jesus wasn't there to give Saul a beat down. He was there to turn Saul around. I'm going to say it again. Jesus wasn't there to give Saul a beat down. He was there to turn Saul around. Jesus asked Saul why he was kicking against the goads. In other words, why are, why are you kicking against conviction? Jesus was asking Saul why he was fighting him off. Jesus is saying, why are you kicking and fighting against me? Apparently, Jesus had been calling Saul, had been wooing Saul, had been drawing Saul to come to him. But just like many of us, Saul was a burro. 
Look at your neighbor and say, he's a stubborn mule. Look at him and say, stubborn mule. Jesus had been wooing him, had been calling him, had, had been drawing him. But Saul was refusing, resisting, rebelling. Jesus had been wrestling with Saul spirit to spirit and heart to heart. Every Christian that Saul saw would remind him of Jesus and this draw. Every message that Saul heard condemned him. In fact, David in the Old Testament called this being under the heavy hand of God. Have you ever been there? The conviction, you just can't get away from it. Everywhere you look, Jesus is there. Everywhere you try to hide, Jesus is there. No wonder Saul was determined to annihilate the Christians. Annihilate the Christians and relieve the conviction. Here's a thought though. Those we might consider the most unlikely to surrender to Christ are sometimes the most likely. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes, all, you know, those that we consider the most unlikely to surrender to Christ are sometimes the most likely. You see, sometimes all we see is a cold heart, angry, mean person that, that we just want to get away from. But Jesus sees a person that he is kneading like clay, softening. I'm going to wear you down. I'm going to make you see. I'm going to get to you. You'll give in to me. I'm going to start a fire. You're going to feel the heat. I'm going to burn for you. You're going to melt for me. So come on, come on, give in to me. <sighs> Saul had been fighting Jesus. But in this moment, in this moment, he surrendered. Lord, what do you want me to do? Wow. Sometimes we need a little pressure or coercion to concede, to surrender, to give in, don't we? Look at your neighbor and say, you probably know what he's talking about. Just look at him and say that. Sometimes we need, like Saul, a little pressure or coercion to concede. Like Jacob. Jacob stole, right after he stole his brother's birthright blessing, he ran. And he ran all day and finally towards the evening he came to a place called Bethel. The name means the house of bread. This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when he changed history, he changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. 
Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share His love with the world, just as the disciples did. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together we stand.